game. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Wanna suplex cats, give them belly to bats. Rock bottom, tombstone, and a sunset flip. So I need you to teach me that. No way. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap. Boom, soft, sharpshooter, and a F5-2. So I need you to teach me that. So on this episode, uh, we are going to be covering uh, some very important news happening in wrestling right now. But before that, Donald, I know you are in a committed relationship right now. Monogamy is really important, especially in a brand new relationship. So right now, I'm going to need you, Donald Zagula, to do for me. I know I said it weird. Shut the fuck up. I need you right now to denounce all your hoes right now on mic. Who's Donald Segura, first of all? It's Don Brujo. Um, and, you know, for my hoes, uh, stand back and stand by. With that, let's, with that, welcome to the Natural Disasters of Wrestling. I'm Don. I'm uh, Brujo. Uh, Don Brujo. No, I used, I used her government name. <laughs> you straight up did. I have to use your government name for this because I, I want your girlfriend to hear this and just slap the shit out of you. Um, <laughs> yes, welcome to the National Disaster Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we covered on our last episode the uh, debut of AEW Dynamite and the debut on Fox for uh, WWE SmackDown. So uh, we are going to cover all news this episode. Um, unless we're going to go over... Actually, before we do that, and I know usually we go over um, uh, our reviews... Uh, for the shows of the week, um, you watched AEW and NXT, correct? Correct. I watched AEW and I watched the highlights for NXT. Both were really good shows. And you even told me this the other day, too. You thought that NXT was actually really good this week. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think they did, they did the best work on the worst week. Uh, it's because, so, obviously, if you don't live in the U.S., um, you're lucky. Second, this week we had our uh, second debate uh, of the month, but this time it was our VP. It was uh, Mike Pence, who is the current uh, vice president of the United States, versus uh, Kamala Harris, who is in the running uh, for vice president along with Joe Biden, who's who's running for president. Um, And obviously all the news, all the viewers, they they garnered millions of viewers um, because of these debates. Everybody is interested to see how much of a shit show it wasn't going to be compared to the last debate. the big winner of the debate was the fly that landed on yeah. Mike Pence's head for like a few minutes. Um, and also baseball. Baseball and uh, politics ruled Wednesday night television. Um, well, you, you, so the debate brought in 50 million viewers. Which is expected. Um, AEW uh, got about 700 and something thousand viewers? Correct. So I think it was like 720 something and then yeah. NXT got 650 something, right? 650 something thousand viewers? Yep. Yep. Yeah, all right. Um, and both, you know, both shows, you know, stacked their cards, obviously to, you know, go against each other. But I don't think, I think somebody might have overlooked what the fuck was going on in American politics because, you know, you have... You know Finn Balor. You know, uh, hoping the people here hoping to hear for about Finn Balor's um, state as the NXT champion, and then on the AEW side, you have a dog collar match. Yeah, yeah, but wait, you have a dog collar match as well as the 30th anniversary of Chris Jericho. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that is also. I was more uh, concerned with the dog collar match. I'm not gonna lie. 
That was um, a good match. But NXT, what happened on NXT? Let's go, we'll do a quick rundown. So on NXT, um, I don't know if you noticed, it's not, it's no longer the WWE Performance Center. It is the, it is the Capital Center, or Capital City Center. Capital Wrestling Center or something like that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It looks like what the opening of Raw used to be back in the Attitude Era. Yeah, it looks fucking, like, I love what they did with it. Somebody said that, um, somebody on Twitter said that the the Performance Center looks like uh, somebody threw a tap out shirt on the Performance Center. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I like it. I like tapped out shit. Um, it looks, it looks, it looks good. Um, and uh, you saw the takeover before this, right? Uh, Correct. There were fans. Were there fans yeah. at NXT this week? There were fans as well. So it's it's uh, friends and family of of uh, it's friends and family of the wrestlers. Uh, so it's sacrificial lambs as opposed to making people pay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Pretty much. Um, fucking just it, like. And then you also have the stuff like you do with the Thunderdome with the, with the, the LED, yeah, fit, put the TVs above, above the fans, and it's it looks like it looks kind of like, so I don't know if you've ever seen a, Death Race. Death Wish. Death Race. Oh, Death Race. Um, possibly I don't know. So the way Death Race starts out is it used to be like a bunch of like cage fighting kind of things. And you had like fans in an arena as well as like a bunch of like TVs with people watching abroad. And uh, it's like, that's what it reminded me. I was like, oh, cool. We're in the death race era of WWE. So, hey, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, it took them a while to get, um, you know, to get creative. But again, nobody really anticipated how long we were going to be in this thing. Um, we would have gotten out of it sooner if, you know, we just got, you know, universal income for a little bit and people learn how to put on the mask. But that's neither here nor there. Well, actually, no, it is here. It's just not over there across the sea, you lucky bastards. Um, so the show kicked off with Kushida versus Tommaso Ciampa. Um, it's good to see Kushida back. Yeah, it's good to see Kushida back. You know, I've always had, the, I've always had this running theory that uh, Tommaso Ciampa is a babyface. When he's a babyface, he's wearing pants. When he's a heel, he's wearing trunks. That's uh, that's actually a good character uh, character observation. I like that. Yeah, and like I've, I've noticed that, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, trunks. It's like noticing John Cena wearing uh, the home team jersey when he's a babyface, and then the rivals team when he's a heel. Good observation. It is. Uh, just great back and forth match, fourth match between them. Um, Champa won, won via disqualification after Velveteen Dream came in to ambush him, but he ended up hitting, uh, he ended up hitting Champa. Mm. That's giving the win to Champa. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, Kushida was only out because of uh, COVID, yeah? Yeah. He wasn't injured or was he injured? I don't know if he was injured or not. Like, full disclosure, I don't know if he was injured or not. Because I'm hoping it's not like another um, uh, Hideo Itami situation where he, you know, he's a really, you know, talented dude who came from Japan just, you know, just consistently on the injured list. But yeah, 
if he it was if he was only gone because of COVID, then you know hopefully you know, he kind of picks up a head of steam. Although seeing him and Alex Shelley together as the time splitters on NXT was obviously really awesome, and I think they kind of missed out on building off that momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, Ember Moon came out. She returned at NXT Takeover Thirty One. Yeah, she did. And uh, she came back to talk about you know what she found. I I don't like her promo work. Um, no. No, I don't like her promo work. And she's too happy. Like, Ember Moon never really had an actual character character. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, she's, there's, she's been a tough broad and everything like that, but, I mean. Like, she's a super tough chick. And, like, for me to, you know, get this happy-go-lucky person, it doesn't, like, her attitude does not fit her profile of a character. Of her character. It's, a, it's like Ronda Rousey when Ronda Rousey was all happy smiling and then all of a sudden she's just like Grr. Yeah. Oh. Um Did you did you see um Ember Moon credits Edge for getting her uh getting her back in the ring? Oh, I didn't know that. So uh she did an interview recently and she was talking I forgot who she did the interview with, but she was talking about how when she did WWE backstage and she was talking about her injury that you know that was the most she'd ever spoke about it in public and how she felt you know very vulnerable because she basically almost started crying during it and then not long after that uh she got a text from edge and of course she didn't think it was actually Edge, but it ended up actually being edge and he was telling her that like you know just kind of giving her some uh, pointers on like uh, what exercises to do he got her uh like he got her in touch with like this uh, really good surgeon because apparently there was some scar tissue that ended up forming around her achilles heel and so that was what was stopping her from healing all the way. And so she ended up just kind of working her ass off and just training uh, by the, uh, however Edge had told her. And so she's basically like, yeah, Edge helped, uh, Edge helped me uh, get my career back. Because, 14 uh, months, yeah. Yeah, other than that, she probably would have retired. And there was a lot of rumors that she was close to retiring too. 14 months, uh, 14 long months. And yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see her back. Um, they set up an angle because she, you know, she wanted a shot at the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, brought out Rhea Ripley, and then after that, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez attacked Rhea. She ended up making the save um, and set up a tag match for the main event tonight, or is it during the night? Yeah, yeah. And then uh-huh. was. Hold on, sorry. So what was kind of interesting was uh. You know, Io Shirai came up like during all of all this, and uh, they did an interview with Io, Io Shirai after, and she's like, you know, why didn't you help him out? She's like, that's not my. She's like, that's not my problem. She's <laughs> like, and she's and then she grabs her title. And she's like, this is my problem. Fucking hell! I was like, fucking hell! I love it. Um, regarding comebacks, um, Tony Storm is coming back, correct? She was the one that was announced that was coming back. Yep, she's coming back as well. Apparently, uh, Ember Moon didn't know that. So hers almost got a little overshadowed um, because she learned that Tony Storm was coming back when everybody else learned that Tony Storm was coming back. Yeah. Uh, what do you, how, do you, how do you feel about this uh, this feud coming about? Eh. I'm eh about it right now. I want to see where it goes. Um, I'll talk more about that as we go progress through the show because there's still some more stuff to be said. Yeah. Um, you know, after that, they had a little video package 
where Drake Maverick was coming to the ring, uh, saying, you know, oh, yeah, he's excited for his tag team match with Killian Dane tonight against Everize. Against Everize that he even has any music. And it was funny, like, you know, when it came out, like, it was some, like, happy-go-lucky music. Yeah. Killian Dane's just like, stop it. Stop the music. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so fucking, uh, oh, my God. This, it's such a... It's it's such a thing of beauty in terms of comedy, because uh-huh. like you, you, I mean you have Killian Dane, like so, Killian Dane basically used, you know he used, uh fucking Maverick, like so he used Maverick he powered bomb, Maverick onto, pal onto Parker from uh, Everrise, for the win. Yeah. So, after the like. He basically, he, you know, used the move on his partner onto another guy to win the match. And so, That's awesome. Yeah, that after was the match, I'm not lie. yeah, after the match, uh, you know, Maverick tried to celebrate with with Killian Dean, and then Killian Dean just laid him out and picked him up and walked off. <laughs> oh my god. I fucking love it. It's such a I can tell. Dude, you're you're so happy about it. <laughs> so, it. so fucking good. It was it was definitely like my favorite thing of the night. Yeah. Um, oh god, it was so good. <laughs> so fucking good. I like I I was just watching that and then <laughs> Gina's just like Gina, my girlfriend, was just looking at me like, what the fuck are you watching? And I'm like, like, it's such good shit. (laughs) I don't understand. It's such good shit. All right, Vince. (laughs) Oh, my God. So after, uh, oh, then my second favorite thing of the night came up. Uh, You had Austin Theory versus Leon Ruff. And, uh, you know, he beat Leon Ruff pretty convincingly, pretty quickly. Mm. And then... uh, after the match, after the match, he said, "I'm done with my warm up. Like, you know who's, you know who's next." And that brought out uh, none other than none other than Dexter Loomis. Yeah. So he he was on uh, he he had an injury, right? That's why he was gone. Correct. Well, it's good to see he's back and being creepy. Oh, he's back to being creepier than ever. Love it. So, the uh, Loomis defeated Theory by submission. Um, of course, Loomis looked like a fucking savage. Like, he's so good. He's so, so good. He's super interesting. Um, how do you like this character that he has? has I, love, I love his character. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, too. Um, obviously, it's a little bit on the nose, but, I mean, the whole thing is... What was his name before? Do you remember? He's, that's his, been his thing, like, even when he was in TNA. Huh? That's been his thing ever since he was in TNA. Oh, yeah, I know that. Um, what was I his can't name re- before? I can't... Oh, so his name before... Sam, Samuel Shaw. Yeah, Samuel Shaw. I thought... I think that they should have kept his name. I'm sure they changed it for... I mean, that's probably a good reason why he changed his name. But I mean that that's a just I think that's a creepier name than Dexter Loomis. It is. It is a creepier name, Dexter Loomis. But like Samuel Shaw, like I think I love his presentation as Dexter Loomis more than Samuel Shaw. That's true. That makes sense. 
Um, Samuel shot like so. It's the mustache. I think the mustache makes him. The mustache super, makes anybody creepy. Yeah. The mustache makes him super creepy. So. This is before his pre creeper. Uh, his his before his creeper. I don't know if you can see that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I see it. Yeah. Pre-creeper, he's just wearing that... some trunk, some trunks, some spiky hair, some spiky hair, and then like when he went into the super creeper mode, it was like, oh, okay, cool, this is good. What else did we have happening on the next week? Uh, so then we had Rich Holland versus Danny Birch, which fucking hell. So, if I'm not mistaken, it's Rich Holland who got injured in the match. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, it looked fucking nasty. He had to get surgery, yeah? Yeah. Um, I don't know the full analysis of his injury, but fuck. It, like, his, the way he came down on his – like, the way his leg, leg came down did not look good. That sucks. Uh, then we had Shotzi Blackheart versus Zia Lee. Um, also worth noting that Halloween Havoc is returning October 28th, which will be hosted by Shotzi Blackheart. I don't know if we're going to do the first Halloween Havoc or the last Halloween Havoc. Which one do you want to do? Uh, the last one's kind of a train wreck. More reason for us to do it. We'll, we'll cover the last Halloween Havoc, the week of Halloween. Uh, but actually... Let's do, let's, we'll find some Halloween shows to do this month. We're going to do oh. Halloween Havoc. We'll probably do like a Hell in a Cell. Um, we'll just find some spooky shit to do. Um, Sounds good. To, to keep the theme. Uh, but yeah, and of course, you know, they have to break out the WCW names, even though they could have used them all, you know, throughout the whole NXT run anyways. But anything to, you know, to not let Cody and company use anyways, it's fine. Whatever, fuck them. Yeah. I mean that's all that's all it is, but whatever. I'm getting Halloween havoc. I don't care. But are uh, you though? But are you? You're right. So obviously because Blackheart's gonna be hosting, she won by pitfall pretty quickly. I love Blackheart. I love Blackheart, so I'm not gonna complain too much about it. Um then we had the match of the night, which was Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, it was a pretty decent fucking match. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you had you had Ember Moon hit the Eclipse for the win. Uh, I remember when it was called the O Face? Uh, good, good times. times. Good times. Over on the AEW side of things, uh, fuck, where Ooh, do we start? This, this was fun. Um, do you want to go through it? Yeah, give me one second. What was this fucking October? What? Sorry, I had it up, but I got, uh, when we were talking about our other shows, I kind of got a little distracted. Vamp. Uh, so, I should also mention, this. it is WWE Draft Weekend. Um, 
I don't think we're going to go over it in this episode. I think we're going to save everything for post-draft, so probably on, we'll probably do it on Tuesday's, Tuesday's episode. Yeah, we will. Uh, okay, so now that uh, my brain has remembered what the hell was on AEW Dynamite this week, um, it was, the theme of the show was 30 Years of Chris Jericho. Yes. Uh, and, you know, of course, when they announced that they were going to do a show for his 30th year, obviously everybody thought there was going to be like a clip show or a clip package or whatever, and of course there was going to be a big WWE-sized hole because that's where he spent the majority of his time. But they worked around it really well. Um, the beginning was a lot of clips of him, obviously in AEW, uh, a lot of photos from back in uh, you know in his younger days from Pro Wrestling Illustrated and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. You had Sammy Guevara, you had Darby Allen, um, uh, Scorpio Sky, all talking about their favorite uh, Chris Jericho moments, um, and you know it was it was a good intro for AEW Dynamite this week. It was really awesome, um, and it shows how you know Chris Jericho has a really big impact on a lot of people. Um, yeah. in the company. Um, our first match, we had uh, Will Hobbs going up against Brian Cage for the FTW Championship. Uh, Brian Cage is obviously the current reigning FTW Championship, but of course nobody really recognizes it, only Taz, so he is Taz's champion. Uh, we had Ricky Starks and Taz on uh, commentary along with Excalibur, Jim Ross, and Tony Schiavone. Um, Will Hobbs looked really, really fucking good in this match. He looked he looked so really good in this match. My God, um, Brian Cage ends up uh, winning with the drill claw. Uh, Starks and uh, Brian Cage, um, along with Taz, offer him a spot. Offer Will Hobbs a spot on Team Taz. Will Hobbs declines, and so they get to the beaten on uh, on Will Hobbs. But Darby Allen comes out and makes the save, kind of. Um, I love everything that's ha- that's happening with this. I love, I love everything that's happening with uh, the whole Team Taz thing. Um, but, you know, Taz and Darby Allen. Dar- Taz is just, it just shows that Taz like, is really, it handles rejection really, really badly. Uh, because that's just, this is all that it stems from, is this Darby Allen turning down Taz. Um, after this, we saw videos of Slash, Dennis Miller, Holy uh, Ray, uh, Ted Irving, who is Chris Jericho's father, and Hiroshi Tanahashi, all wishing uh, Jericho well and yeah. congratulatory, congratulations on his 30 years in the business. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi was obviously the one that stood out for everybody, uh, you know, even though that video really did have Slash. Um, and a lot of people have a feeling that, um, you know, this is to ease the, the, or build a bridge between AEW and New Japan, but honestly, I don't think it really is. I don't think people should really look into that much. Well, they um, also... They also had pictures courtesy of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think it's probably easier to get pictures from them than it would be from WWE right now. That's true. But, I mean, the fact that they're even allowing them to use any other content. Is... Well, to be fair, I mean, to be fair, even before the pandemic, uh, Jericho and commentary did mention New Japan by name. Mm-hmm. They didn't mention Wrestle Kingdom, but they mentioned you know, them they, they by name. And even uh, during the show, Lance Archer cuts a promo on... Uh, on Moxley and mentions the the Texas Death Match that they had in New, in New Japan, so yeah. I mean it could be that I mean or it could be just you know them just recognizing another company because you know there are other wrestling companies if they're recognizing the NWA why not recognize New Japan? They have a working relationship with NWA, so at this point they have a working relationship with NWA. 
But even then, um, like, I would understand now, but even before, like, they, they, they mentioned the NWA and stuff by name when they had, like, mm-hmm. you know, that, that tag team night or they, you know, when they were in, um, I think, Tennessee or some shit like that or in Oklahoma, then when they were, you know, recognizing old stars in the past, like, you know, they, they named up the NWA then. They didn't have a really yeah. working relationship then. Yeah, but it's, it's signs to a positive direction. That's true. Uh, after that, we had our uh, AEW Tag Team Championship match. Uh, FTR with Tully Blanchard, who are the champions, versus the Hybrid 2 of Jack Evans and Angelico. And, of course, this is under um, uh, FTR's rules where it was it 20 minutes of fame or something like that? 20 minutes of greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, where instead of the usual 60-minute uh, match for a championship match, it is now down to 20 minutes. Um, TH2 really showed off in this match. Uh, you can like you know after not seeing them on television for a while or even on dark, um, they showed off a lot of athleticism and they really uh, they almost had FTR. Um, they had FTR in some moves where you know you they weren't prepared for. They weren't prepared for a team like um, like uh, TH2. Um, during the match, you get a screen. Uh, you get a shot from the back of the young bucks. you know watching FTR in that weird pose that everybody in WWE does. Um, because you know that's how normal people watch TV. Um, so we have obviously FTR going over um, uh, TH2, um, and it was really close, but it was a really, really good match. I love everything about this match. Um, and unfortunately, there are a lot of people that don't like TH2 for whatever reason, but I thought this was great. I thought this was a really good match. How did you feel about this match? It was a really, really good match. Uh, TH2 looks fantastic. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. After this, we had um, FTR celebrating, but then on the Titan Tron or the Tron, um, we see Dax and Cash dressed up as weenies. Because best friends has been calling them weenies this whole entire time um, and just kind of really getting under their skin. Uh, because best friends are actually close to getting a uh, championship shot. The post, see the post match angle, I could care less about, but I'm I liked, I really really liked the, I really really liked the match itself. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't too. Crazy was good. Um, we had um, after that we had MJF talking about Jericho. And t- saying how Jericho once told him not to be afraid to take bits and pieces of people he admires, and MJF pointed at Jericho. And then Jericho smiled at MJF, saying that he's excited, where, excited for where their friendship is going, which is obviously really gay. I'm kidding. No. Um, of course, I mean, you know, MJ, uh, Jericho inspired MJF. After that, we saw uh, videos from Shaquille O'Neal, Gene Simmons, Don Callis, Impact, uh, mm-hmm. Lars Ulrich. That one was the interesting one. You know what's funny about it kind of sounded like Lars Ulrich didn't know who Chris Jericho was. <laughs> it was just like, oh, yeah, crowns in 30 years, Chris Jericho. Um, no, okay. Uh, DDP? Cameo. Um, I know, all through Cameo. I'm sure none of them did it for free, yeah, except maybe the actual wrestlers. Or maybe Shaq, because, you know, TNT. Kevin um, Smith definitely did it for free. Oh, that's right. But was he on this one? No, he was on the next one, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they all wish him a happy anniversary. After this, we had our uh, main event, or well, I mean, I, I mean, it is what it is. It was the main event, even though it was like 
you know, the opening of the second hour. We had our dog collar match. Brody Lee with the Dark Order versus uh, Cody and Brand- with Brandy and Arn Anderson for the TNT Championship. Um, and this one got bloody pretty quickly, but not even from their blood. Um, fucking uh, Brody Lee opens up John Silver. Yeah. Um, this match was actually a really, really good match. I'm super. I thought they were actually going to go an hour long, but I mean, it only went maybe like 20 minutes, I think. Um, but it was still a really good match. Um, a little bit of bloody, a little bit of blood, but of course, I think obviously the network was only going to let them have so much blood during the match. So it wasn't pools and pools of blood, like, you know, Dusty Rhodes or, you know, Ric Flair or, you know, Roddy Piper would have had. Greg the Hammer Valentine was actually in the audience for this. Um, after, you know, he was, he was uh, the victor of a really famous uh, Don Collin match with Roddy Roddy Piper. You know, he was probably having fucking PTSD like crazy. Oh, for fucking real. Um, Cody wins. Cody beats um, a Brody Lee with a uh, crossroads to beat Brody Lee and become the, uh, the second TN, uh, the second sorry, to become the new TNT champion in his second reign. How did you feel about that? I think I sent you the meme about it. Um, I feel like it kills the mid card. You're the second person to tell me that, or that I heard that from. How? How, how does it kill the mid card? Can I let me let me ask you this? In the short time that Brody Lee was champion, what did he do for the mid card? Nothing. Okay, and what did uh, Cody Rhodes do for the mid-card while he was champion? Buried it. How? Every week, different challenger. Every week, every week, pinfall. I don't... Okay, but you could... Okay, would you say the same thing about John Cena's open challenge for the United States Championship? Yes, 100%. Why? Why is it just bar- Why is it just burying it? Why is it just, you know, bad for the mid-card? I want to know why. Like... The open challenge thing, I mean, when you have, you know, your mid-card after mid-card after mid-card person coming through and, you know, not getting the job done, so to speak, Mm -hmm. like, it just becomes, it just becomes, you know, another, I I don't want to say crush, but it, it becomes like a, it just becomes this, you know, running gag to me. Okay. Okay. I'm going to counter your argument. I'm going to counter with two words. Mm-hmm. Kevin mm-hmm. Owens. Now, when John Cena had his United States Open Challenge, we saw a bunch of people come through, and a lot of them were people that were actually already on the Raw and SmackDown mid card. Um, but one of the main people that came up for it and actually did a lot of good for his career and did a lot of good for his character as well was Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens came and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, answered John Cena's open challenge as the NXT championship, as the NXT champion. And anybody who hadn't watched NXT by that point or wasn't aware of NXT because NXT was still kind of a baby promotion at that point was you know, their eyes were open to what who Kevin Owens was and what Kevin Owens was capable of doing, not only as a performer, but as a character as well, because Kevin Owens came out on that night and, you know, he answered it, but didn't wrestle that night. You know, he, he kind of, you know, verbally punked out John Cena. 
you know, and, and not even just Kevin Owens, but even Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was introduced into the United States Open Challenge by Bret Hart, you know, in Canada, his home, you know, his home country. You know, and again, a lot of people wouldn't have known who Sami Zayn was, was it not for, you know, was it not for the United States Open Challenge? They wouldn't have known until they got called up. And even then, they probably wouldn't have known them that well. For Cody and the TNT Open Challenge challenges, you get your eyes on a lot of people that wouldn't have the opportunity otherwise, because not too many people watch Dark, whether because they already get too much wrestling or because not a lot of people know automatically to go to a company's, you know, YouTube uh, channel. You know, you saw the likes of Sunny Kiss. You saw Sunny Kiss be very, uh, uh, very impressive in their debut or, you know, in that match with Cody. You got to see, you know, a different side of Sunny Kiss other than, you know, the kind of, you know, happy-go-lucky Sunny Kiss. You saw the debut of, uh, of Eddie, um, Eddie Kingston. And Eddie Kingston is actually doing pretty good right now as uh you know forming this weird stable it's not hasn't gone anywhere necessarily yet but you know he's doing a really good job then and all these matches all these wins that cody picked up made brody lee's victory shocking it was all the lead up to you know somebody beating him and it meaning something you know and you could and you could say the same thing about brody lee brody lee could have done the same thing and especially since he's a heel it would have made so much more sense or it meant so much more if somebody else came and beat him and i don't necessarily agree that it was cody um like i think brody lee should have kept it because even at like after the whole uh, match ended and cody did his uh post-match interview and he said like you know oh, he's for the fans and yeah he dyed his hair but it doesn't mean he's going to turn heel or whatever and then orange cassidy came out you know to challenge cody that's going to be interesting i really want to see orange cassidy win but i think it would have meant a lot more if orange cassidy beat brody lee i, I agree i 100 percent agree but i don't to say that and you know not just to you but just to anybody that says that cody winning again buries the mid card or anything that cody did with the tnt championship buries the mid card i think that's full of shit you know, I mean, if you really wanted the TNT championship to mean something, you don't fucking pass it around like hot potato, like the 24-7 title. No, you don't pass it around like hot potato, but like you – so rather than have Cody beat him, like rather than have Cody beat him, I believe like, you know, have someone else – someone else sort of beaten Brody Lee for it. I really would have been interesting to see. I mean, take it as you will. Um, somebody else challenged Brody Lee for it. Cody just – screws Brody Lee out of it and somebody else becomes TNT championship or ch- TNT champion. And then you have still have this feud between Brody and Cody. Yeah. Uh, that, that would, that would have been a, that would have been a way to do it. Um, after that, we had a interview with Kenny Omega, who is still obsessed with uh, uh, hangman page turning on him. Um, and we learned that hangman page is also going to be in the uh, tournament to crown the new number one contender for the AEW world championship. Uh, we have Big Swole versus Serena Deeb. Um, there was a part in this match where I thought Serena hurt Big Swole, and I haven't heard anything about it, so it looks like just Swole was selling really, really well. But it almost looked like, you know, she, she got her in the head really, really good. Um, but uh, luckily both women are okay. Big Swole wins. Um, how did you feel about that match? It was good. It was really good. I mean, Serena is... I don't want to say she's an enhancement album right now, but she's, you know, she's helping make names. 
John Moxley, uh, we see John Moxley in the barn talking about how he isn't celebrating the anniversary of AEW because he's been too busy uh, training and, you know, uh, looking back on, uh, on Lance Archer and, you know, how he's expecting uh, this match to be one hell of a fight. Um, I'm really, I'm really intrigued to see Moxley and, and, and Archer again. Their Texas death match was really, really great. Um, you know, this isn't going to be a death match of any sorts, but I mean, if you, it's, they're really great competitors, especially Moxley. Moxley as a wrestler is just really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we had um, everybody run down the card for next week, next week's uh, Dynamite anniversary, which will we do, which we will do after. Um, for our main event, for actual last match of the, of the night, we had Chaos Project of uh, fucking what's his name, uh, Serpentico and Luther versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Uh, but before this, we had more uh, video clips of Lance Storm, Kevin Smith, Eli Roth, which was actually pretty cool, uh, Gabriel Iglesias, Chavo Guerrero, Steel Panther, Ultimo Dragon, and Paul Stanley. And Paul Stanley calls himself PS. Yeah. He calls Chris Jericho CJ. I was just like, okay. Ultimo Dragon was the one that surprised me. That was I, really pop- I popped at that one. I was like, what? And then Kevin Smith, too, obviously. I was just like, oh my god, of course. That's your boyfriend. That's so cute. You guys are so cute. Have you, real quick, before I go into the main event, have you heard of uh, of Movie Night Schmodown? Yeah. Did you see it? No. Dude, I just started watching it today. The fucking intro is like 15 minutes long. Oh god, you see, that, that kills me. Like, I can't do 15 minute intros. And like, cause like the whole video is like an hour and 24 minutes. The intro is about like close to 20, like 15 minutes, close to 20 minutes long. So that means it's like an hour of them talking of like the actual game, but then just like a bunch of like, you know, just pre-shit. And I'm just like, oh, no. But yeah, so we have Chaos Project versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Um, hey, you froze up. Right Jake Hager and Chris Jericho obviously go over. Uh, Jericho, sorry. Uh, Jericho and Hager obviously go over. Uh, Inner Circle distracts Luther, which gives uh, an opening for Jericho to hit the Judas effect. Um, it was an interesting match. Um, I For 30th anniversary, I guess it makes sense to Jericho to have uh, somebody like Luther be in his match, because obviously they started around the same time. They've been friends yeah. for a long time. Uh, after that, we have um, Sammy Guevara and Satana and Ortiz come out, and Jericho starts saying his thanks, but he gets interrupted by MJF who comes out with uh, Wardlow and something underneath a cloth. Um, it's revealed to be a clown. Do you know how I feel about clowns? Um, I don't know. The way, I don't, well, how do you feel about clowns? I'm terrified of clowns. Are you really? Yes. Ooh, your birthday's going to be good this year. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have told me that. Um, uh, I'm terrified of clowns. Yeah, uh, he is given a uh, the clown. Ha- the clown has a gift. Clown presents gifts to Jericho. It's a picture of MJF. Yeah. Um, and and Jericho proceeds to smash the picture of MJF over the clown. clown. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of. And then Jericho and MJF get into a stare down, and of course they laugh it off because you know that's what they do. They don't really mean it. They're not going to fight yet. Um, and then. They're about to do the sign-off for Dynamite. Uh, and as all the Inner Circle and MJF celebrate in the ring, all the heels start to come out from the back. And you see the credits, uh, all, uh, you know, very um, 
uh, Saturday Night Lifestyle coming up with the jazz music and everything and all the credits are Chris Jericho, written by Chris Jericho, directed by Chris Jericho, you know, fucking camera for Chris Jericho and all this stuff. I was, so, I was almost expecting a swerve for the end of the show because the, uh, when MJF came out, and there was someone underneath the cloth, obviously, like, mm-hmm. when... When he was, when uh, MJF was speaking. Are you expecting somebody to attack Chris Jericho? I was, hmm? so he was saying, you know, it's true, it's true. And all, all I could think of was, it's fucking Kurt Angle underneath that thing. Oh, that would have been good. And I was just like, it's fucking Kurt Angle underneath there, isn't it? Isn't it? It's fucking Kurt Angle. Nope. That would have been awesome. Um, my emotions. Have we ever seen, have we ever seen Sting versus Jericho? I don't think we have because I want to. I just want like I just want this pattern of Sting hanging out underneath things, like when he was hanging out underneath that, uh, you know that that drape when he replaced uh, Seth Rollins' statue. Yeah, like I just want that to be Seth uh, Sting's moniker now or whatever he does. Um, next week's Dynamite for the anniversary, we have Cody versus Orange Cassidy for the TNT Championship. Best Friends versus FTR for the tag team titles. We obviously have um, uh, Hikaru Shida versus Big Swole for the Women's Championship. And we have uh, Lance Archer versus uh, John Moxley for the uh, AEW World Heavyweight Championship. So we're basically having an IA Champions next week. It is. All the titles are going to be up for grabs. Who knows if the FTW is gonna, the title is going to be up for grabs as well. It's uh, going to be a very interesting night. Um, Let's do some. Uh, let's do some predictions. Who do you have for Cody versus Orange Cassidy? Uh, Cody, he just won it. I'm gonna go Orange. I'm gonna go Big Swerve. I'm gonna. Go, I'm gonna say that they're gonna give Cassidy his uh, his moment in the sun finally, because since they have at least a good amount of fans, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a while since they have a full house to give Orange Cassidy that kind of a uh, that kind of pop. But pop. Um, it is what it is. Uh, best friends, FTR. Uh, FTR. FTR is going to have an annoyingly long run, so I'm going FTR as well. Yep. Um, Big Swall versus Hikurushida. Big Swall. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go with your girl, but yeah, I think Big Swall too. Big Swall's been on a really, been on a really big, uh, big role she's lately. A, she's been on a big role lately. Um, I mean, Hikurushida's my girl, but she hasn't really done anything with the title. Yeah, and for whatever reason. Um, they could have given her plenty of TV time, but yeah, yeah. I think uh, the momentum off of uh, of uh, Big Swole's uh, uh, fucking you know program with Bert Baker really gave her a lot of momentum. So that's gonna mm-hmm. be interesting to see. Uh, Moxley versus Archer. Uh Mox. I'm gonna go Archer. Archer. I'm gonna say that the you know anniversary one year. Moxley's been champion for a while since Revolution. Yeah, um, and there's not to say that there's no other um, contenders for it, but you know they've been building art. They've been wanting to build Archer for a while, and you know obviously the pandemic kind of stopped that. Uh, but I see Archer getting it. I see maybe we get a couple matches with him and Moxley again. Um, but I see Archer winning it just for the surprise of it all. I mean, if they're going to give us Brody Lee, if if they're going to give the do do a title chain of Brody Lee versus Cody on a Saturday. Why wouldn't they do a change on a big, you know, anniversary show? You're right. It could happen. It could happen. 
I mean, it could happen for shock value. I just I think it makes much more sense to like, you know change the title of the champ like the heavyweight champion on a pay per view, but that could happen. Yeah. What do we have as our next pay per view? Uh, full gear in? I think it's full gear in November. Um, they haven't fully announced it yet. I guess. Yeah. Not yet. I see Archer winning it now and then having a rematch at full gear. Maybe. We'll maybe see. maybe Moxie wins. Um. Now for what everybody has been dreading. Donald, you have news on retribution, correct? Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Where do we start? Um, we don't have to. <laughs> All for, right. For your mental health, for my mental health, for our listeners' mental health. So let's start with Raw. Raw, Raw was a show. Um, one of the main angles was, you know, one of the main angles this past row was her business versus, you know, Mustafa Ali and company. Um, mm-hmm. We had a one-on-one match of Mustafa Ali going on against, going up against, uh, what the fuck was his name? Well, why am I spazzing on his name? MVP. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, Mustafa Ali... Stuff Elliot versus MVP. During the match, you had the uh, retribution stuff start mm-hmm. to happen, and you know it looks like they're all going going to fight against retribution. And then it turns out, no, it's Mustafa Ali who's in charge of retribution. So does this mean that Mustafa Ali was actually the hacker? Did we care about the hacker after a while? Did we ever figure that out? Was it? Does, does this mean that Mustafa Ali was a hacker? I don't know if Mustafa Lee was the hacker or not. It doesn't. Nothing makes sense anymore. Uh, how do you? How do you? How do you? How do you feel about Mustafa Lee being the leader of Retribution? I could care less. Really, I see a lot of people liking it. I see. I've I seen could. nothing but positive. I've seen nothing but positive reviews of him being um, the Retribution leader, and how I've, I've seen that n- now, knowing what we know, it actually makes everything make a little bit more sense. Um, also, Marcina Martinez is no longer in Retribution. That's right. That's right. They took her out of Retribution. Um, what somebody recently put one of the guys from Retribution. I think it was T Bone or T Bar or J J T or um, well, even Mustafa Timberlake. Um, they posted up a picture of the members of uh, Retribution. Uh, yeah. Mercedes Martinez was nowhere to be found in those pictures. Yeah. Real quick, I just want to. I just want to. I just want to give you the best comment that I've read about Mustafa Ali being the leader of Retribution. Um, this goes out to little St. Mick. Uh, his comment is, I don't usually go this route, but that was some daddy shit. Like that was some big dick energy. 2020 has been <laughs> such a shit show that everybody is turning heel. I love it. <laughs> and you know, he's got a point. When you, have <laughs> you absolutely, when you have absolutely nobody to work with, you got to turn some people heel. And, and for a lot of these people that they've been turning heel, it works. You know what? Uh, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. It's worked for Roman so far. Um, I'll give him that. Um, yeah. What do you, uh, so Martinez being out of retribution, what do you, how do you feel about that? What do you think of the, is the reason for that? Yes. Okay. I think obviously they have uh, bigger plans for Mercedes Martinez probably in the women's division. Um, I, I don't think they're going to keep her in NXT. I think, you know, I'm, I said this, I think I said last week, I think I said this last week, or I think I said this at work. 
No, I think Mercedes Martinez is going to be part of the draft somehow. I'm surprised she wasn't mentioned this night, but um, she might be mentioned on Monday, so who knows. Yeah, there's still a whole other draft night to go. And again, like a lot of these people don't make sense for them to be in, in retribution. You know, Mia, Mia Yim, um, Martinez, um, you know, whoever fucking else. It doesn't really make sense. But for Mustafa Ali to be the leader makes a lot of sense. So I kind of like this. Uh, what else you got for us? It does. Um, retribution just, just, I'm done with it. I'm so fucking done with the, the whole retribution thing. Um, besides that, so we had a big return today on SmackDown. It was also a show. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, it was also a show, but we had the return of Lars Sullivan. Yeah. Uh, and nobody saw that. No, nobody saw that coming. Not even the guy he did porn with. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> God damn it, Donald. You, you, you love that. Don't lie. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, so guess who doesn't give a shit about the Intercontinental Championship? Cool. Vince McMahon doesn't give a shit about the Intercontinental Championship. That makes sense. So uh, Jericho did an interview for Inside the Ropes when he was talking about uh, WrestleMania 29 in 2013. And he was giving out, um, he was was throwing out ideas for who he wanted to face. And uh, I'm going to start quoting Jericho now. What about Wade Barrett? I'm a nine-time Intercontinental Champion. I could go for my 10th victory, a record-breaking 10th Intercontinental Championship. He goes, he being Vince, oh, nobody cares about the fucking Intercontinental Championship. I said, but they don't care about Fandango either. He goes, that's your job. It, uh, that's your job is to make them care. So I hung up on him. I hung up on my billionaire boss because I wasn't happy with what he wanted me to do. Yeah. So people, so since so the events, people cared more about Fandango than they did the Intercontinental Championship, which is bullshit. Goddamn. I think now it doesn't, I, I mean, I don't really care about it now, especially now that it looks like Something out of, you know, like a fucking Legends of the Hidden Temple, but. Um, Alberto Del Rio could be facing life in prison. Uh, life, in pri- life in prison, um, or, you know, best, worst, ca- or it was a worst case scenario, life in prison, best case scenario, I think like 10 years and a, a really big fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, good riddance to bad trash or whatever. Yeah, like, I mean, fucking. He's, you know, not to sound brash, but he's a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wish there was a meaner way to say it, and I'm sure there is, but we don't want to give him too much time. But yeah, uh, El Patron is not going to be part of anybody's world, and honestly, that's probably for the best. Um, What else you got, you sick bastard? What else do I have? Dude, like, where, where the fuck do I... So, water media layoffs could affect uh, TNT and AEW. Oh, how fun. So, there are some uh, restructurings going on within water media. And it's, uh, it's not looking too good. 
Um, yeah, billion dollar companies apparently need to save more money because Lord knows that they're struggling the most during this pandemic. Um, I mean, uh, uh, I, I, I don't feel fucking sorry for them. I mean, here's the thing. Water Media owns the Ellen show. Just fucking cancel the Ellen show. They, they own the what show? Oh, the Ellen show. Oh, the Ellen show. Yeah, fuck, fuck Ellen. Yeah, just, um, just cancel the Ellen show. Put that I, put those resources to someone else. We we obviously are a wrestling podcast. We don't talk too much about outside um, uh, entertainment or whatever. But apparently, so if you don't, if you haven't followed the whole Ellen debacle, uh, a lot of there was a YouTube star that went on her show, and apparently she was treated like trash by the producers and everybody that was working with her and Ellen apparently herself, and so she put basically Ellen and the whole show on blast, and. Uh, Ellen basically did an apology, non-apology, where she was just like, oh, I didn't know this was going on, but, like, she didn't apologize for the way she acted either. Yeah. And so a bunch of people have been fired, and a bunch of uh, power has been shifted around, uh, but nothing's really been done. So so I, I would say, yeah, get rid of the Ellen show. I mean, uh, and somebody brought this up, too. Uh, Ellen does a lot for charity, so that's probably why. Ellen brings in a lot of ratings, and she does a lot for charity. Um, mm-hmm. So that's those are probably two of the biggest reasons why they won't take her show off. But if there's a show that needs to go, it's probably that. So one of the reasons why the uh, one of the reasons why they're cutting jobs is uh, there hasn't because been because of much, Ellen. Well, no, well, I mean, par- probably partly because of Ellen, but with uh, the drop in viewership to NBA and MLB. Um, it's kind of affected ad revenue from TNT and TBS. Hey, what do you mean? That people aren't watching sports even though they bitched about not having sports? Is that what you're telling? Yeah. That's what exactly the... what I'm saying. Oh, I know why. <laughs> um, people are uh, snowflakes. People that aren't watching sports right now are fucking snowflakes. Yeah. Who was I listening to? I listening to Bishop. Bischoff was just like, I don't like mixing my politics with sports. It's just like, okay, well, bitch, how else would you know that these injustices are going on right now? Unless, you know, the people that they're actually affecting, we're talking about them through their platform. Like, what the fuck do you expect? Uh, so, every, so everybody that was bitching about not having sports throughout this whole quarantine that are now uncomfy because they have to, you know, read a thing that says Black Lives Matter, um, go fuck yourself. So, also on the Warner Brothers train, um, Samoa Joe has been working on some project with Warner Brothers Studios while he's been, while he's been uh, not fit to compete in the ring. What's he been working on? Uh, he just says it's a project with Warner Brothers Studios. Interesting. Samoa Joe, the movie. Oh my god, I would pay money to fucking see that. Would you rather see? Oh well, I, I think I already know the answer. I was about to say, would you rather see the Samoa Joe movie, or the Hulk Hogan movie? But we're gonna get one before the other, so we'll probably get the Samoa Joe movie before Hulk Hogan. Uh, in a just world, that would be true, Donald. In a just world, that would be true. Um, what else you got for us? Is that all? Um, I also have so crabs. Crabs. I have crabs. <laughs> I have. I have the crabs. Uh, Matt, so Meltzer recently talked on uh, the Wrestling News Radio 
and explained how how AEW blamed its outbreak on uh, on its COVID nineteen outbreak on talent socializing with WWE talents. On talent socializing with WWE, I wait. Okay, how does what is his research? What is the source on this? He says the feeling is a that in the bubble environment is the only way to do things safely. AEW has has had one outbreak, which which they blame on wrestler wrestler socializing and things like that with WWE talent because it started there. However, it happened. Lance Archer didn't get it from WWE talent. It's more than that. There are too many ways to go to get it. It's just going to be a real, really tense time with everything. Okay, so he's basically speculating. He's yeah. not. He, this isn't for sure. Okay, that's bullshit. Because, yeah, these people have to socialize with the next people or WWE people because you know they're married, Some of them are married or, in a, or in a really a relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fucking bullshit. First off, second off. I would believe it more, and I think we've even heard of it too. And we mentioned this not on this past show, but one of the shows before, that you know some of these uh, younger guys in AEW or even just the guys in general are still going out, um, you know, drinking after or partying after because you know they're bored, they're young, they want to go do it, so they're not really thinking, you know, about who they could affect, uh, you know, if they catch it. And so I think that's where the outbreak comes from. Um, so I don't think it's really you know WWE trying to get AEW sick. It's more just no. I don't think know. it's I don't think it's that. I don't think they meant it like that. I think uh, it they, sounded like it. It could be petty. It could be them being petty, but I don't I don't think I don't think they. Meant it sounds it, that it, it sounds more like yeah no it sounds more like Meltzer is just like oh WWE is on biological warfare now with AEW. <laughs> That's not like a Meltzer thing. Let's be real. Exactly. Uh, did you read Hangman Page's? Uh, did you read Hangman Page's? Uh, which call it into the tournament? Uh, yeah, I did actually. That was actually really interesting. Um, I think we're running like we're running a little bit long, aren't we? So I don't know. Maybe we should read it now, or should we read it next time? Well, you know what? We will read it next time. We'll actually put we'll we'll put his uh his statement on the Facebook and Twitter. So that way you can see it for yourself. Because anything, every time uh, Hangman Page comes up with these things, they're fucking gold. They're so fucking gold. It's so gold. It's too long to read right now. It's so fucking gold, though. Anything so else? No. Um, where can they find you, good sir? I am at Pending257 on Twitter, and as well as our podcast, Twitter and Facebook, TNDW Podcast on both. And you, Dom? You can find me on both podcasts, Twitter and Facebook at TNDW Podcast. Um, you can also find me on all my social medias at E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O. That's Aldon Brujo. Uh, would you say that's the show? Um, just like MJF trying to surprise Chris Jericho with a clown, I'd say it's a fucking disaster. 